They must have the slowest horses ever pulling this bleeding wagon, mustn't they? She's going to go past here, half past two. Surely the horses will bump in her on the way down to the post. No, no, I'm just here. Look at you. Lining with tasty women here, don't you ugly men? All you ugly men, get out of the way! And a very big warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Enquiry Day 2 Ascot Review. Joining me this evening are Quentin Franks and John Lane. Good evening, chaps. Yeah, afternoon, afternoon. Yes, 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 yes. This should be a good show. Uh, I've done my bollocks. With, uh, well, you know, it's tremendous. People love it. <laughs> I get more compliments when you say you've done your absolute brains. Um, and yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept some some responsibility for my act. <laughs> I was shit. Um, so <laughs> we come on to the day, right? We'll we'll go through the races, and I'm sure we'll come up with some um, uh, funny expletives, etc. What we've noticed throughout the day with the uh, ITV racing coverage, etc., etc. Queen Mary Sticks is a Group Two affair, and I fell for the Wesley Ward hype. Quentin put me in my place. He said it's Wesley Ward hype on the pre-pod show. I fell for it. Um, you know, like the egg under the hat trick. I had the full yoke all over the face. As dramatised, bolted up chaps. Thoughts on the Queen Mary? Very impressive win. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think. Are we, are we looking at solid form here, Quentin? Uh, the race, like dramatised. Ties, very impressive winner, Colbert, very, very bullish beforehand. Um, your thoughts going forward on this? Uh, going forward, she's, well, the Phillies two-year-old race. I think she's going Mornay next. They, they muted or or, or the Lauva. Um, I've got a one one tennis give or take on the clock at the moment. Second looks to be heading to Nunthorpe. Um, connections seem to be going pot hunting with that. Looks solid form. The one I'll take from the race, short to medium term, would be Carmella. Um, she's not going to win group races, I don't think, but she looked in red. She already looked in need for six furlongs, and she, she was the quickest home finish, finishing fast in eighth place. I know you would like the, I think it was Yama from de- debut um, from a from a physical, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick her in the notebook, and I'm sure they can pick up maybe, maybe a group three somewhere over over yeah. six. Yeah, because I also thought your your pick, uh, Katie, content, you know, from perfectly well. Um, it, it, like that's how strong I would see the form. Um, you know, like I, I do think that's quite a strong form uh, going forwards. Katie content in sixth. Um, so yeah, it's it's a race we can. I think I think put a ring round in terms of solidity. Okay, we'll come to the Queen's Vars uh, Group Two affair. And John, what a fucking disgrace we've got here. Queen's Vars, where's the kilt runner? Unbelievable! A sad indictment of the man's skill. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disgrace. I, I, I mean, I mean, like you say, the, the the man must have God knows how many um, candidates for this kind of race, and 
if anyone, if any listener can be bothered and do the stats and tell me the last time the kilt didn't have a runner in the Queen's Vars. Um, yes, disgrace. It must have an outbreak in the stable. Yeah. I, I, I mean, well, anyway, coming to the race, Eldar Eldarov uh, did a favour for um, punters um, in getting it right on, on the line or close home. And um, it was painful for me because I, I felt it was like a, a winning bad ride because I thought he was too far back. And in the end, if you look, he was the only one mowing them down close home from coming off the pace. So I do think Eldar Eldorov is much the best. I don't, I don't deny that. But I thought it was a poor kind of um, winner in terms of, you know, it's, it, it can be uprated somewhat. Quentin, do, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think the horse got him out of trouble. He ended up, Zechariah got to jump on him, turn him for home, found a little bit of trouble. Thankfully, he had the horse under him. Not sure what the form is, really, to be honest. You had Nahani, who looks kind of increasingly reluctant to go forward with hold-up tactics. Maybe gelding or the, the refit in the blinds or both will help him. Anchorage didn't handle the ground. Typewriter didn't handle the ground. Baltic Bird, perfect alibi. They're all going to be better with ease underfoot. The winner's obviously the one you want going forward, but what's it really beaten the Zechariah came up last of last of four in the in the Derby trial? It's obviously improved for the trip, but yeah, it's not not form one bouncing about to be honest. No, the the, the second did nearly pinch it, like you say, um, and and that, that, that's it. So, John, would, what would you think to the Queen's Vars form was? Well. Um... Nahini was sort of level with the winner when the start of the runs easily got beat half a length back. Yeah. So. Yep. The, we'll move on. And then, then came the Prince of Wales when it was more pay for fab backers when Bay Bridge. Uh, Quentin, have you seen any sectionals on the Prince of Wales? Uh, slow, very, very slow. It's almost like the market knew what was coming. What was state of rest? Nines into fives on the show. It knew it was going to get. Market knew it was getting a solo up top. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to pull up some sectionals on it now, but I know they're finishing fast. Um, 109.38% finishing speed. Jeez. Um, yeah. So the ground, I still feel Baybridge. For all it wasn't well positioned, it was Furlong Poet had every chance to be honest, just didn't pick up. I think it found the ground a shade too fast. Um, mm. Less said about the Tory, the better. Kind of sums up my day. Played Lord North at 15 to 2, goes off 9 to 2, blindfold stuck on. So, yeah, yeah, John. Desperate effort from the Tory, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah I mean, that was one of the worst you would see, you know, I mean, it was up there with Jordan Lambert to the car out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jordan Lambert rode for me once. Silly Billy finishing third at Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mentioned that. Um, anyway, so going back to the Prince of Wales, I mean, the talking point, though, one of the major talking points today was that Prince Charles's big purple sausage fingers. I don't know if, you, if, if anyone's seen them before, but but uh, it was causing much discussion uh, in the Shea uh, Keys camp today. The producer also absolutely nearly throwing up 
at staring at Prince Charles's fingers. John, have you ever seen anything like those fingers? Well, um, it, it, it depends, you know. I've visited a variety of butcher shops over the years, and I can honestly say for girth, there's not, nothing come close to about than the quarter pound, is it? Uh, PJ Fords in Glazedale. There's absolutely packed with face. <laughs> sort of face of bursting, which actually look a bit like Prince Charles' fingers, which also packed with face to the point of bursting. Um, I don't know whether Camilla's a, a girth lady or not. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, the players got one in sick. I would have thought. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the, they're not they're not the itinerary or the, the the sort of tools you'd like for finger blasting. Yeah, well, you, you, you're struggling to get a kill on the piano out of him as well with the snake on it. <laughs> <laughs> you can maybe manage it by a chopsticks, but that'd be a lot. So Prince Charles's purple chip of artists, for those of you that haven't noticed. Um, okay. We'll kick on. Duke of Cambridge. Uh, I was very pleased mine didn't run in the end. Uh, got very upset in the stalls. Uh, uh, the, the, the French raider. Um, uh, uh, Civilis Spain. Um, Quentin, didn't you like Saffron Beach? I'm sure you did. I didn't really have an I ended up playing Saffron Beach. I, I think I mentioned to you yesterday. I wasn't keen on yours. On the ground, Bashakova, I wasn't really keen on the ground. Um, I think Haggis said after the Derby meeting that the ground on Derby Day or Oaks Day, whenever she ran, was was as fast as she'll want it. And they've ended up rocking up here on rock hard, borderline firm ground, which was surprising. She she ended up getting tapped for toe and finding things happening too quickly. Um, what was Danny Tudhope doing? He was just sat there holding his cock in rear <laughs> off of steady fractions. And then, like, he must have thought he was on Frankel. Like, Buick's stolen the race, and they're, they're still holding their cock when he's rowing away and disappearing into the distance. Like, him and Kings go, God knows what they're fucking playing at. Absolutely, yeah. John noticed um, sort of around, I think it was like back, back three furlongs out, that, that Thunder Beauty was still swinging, mm. swinging away. Um, I think it was a case, and do the sections, Quentin, have you had a chance to look at the sectionals for that? Do the sectionals bear out that Saffron Beach had a bit of an easy time tracking the German horse? Yep, very soft time, 13.91 for the first three and a bit furlong, from the start to the six furlong, first two furlongs, six furlong to two pole for, yeah, easy, easy time. Um, who's finished fastest? Thunder, Thunder Beauty's finished fastest of all, no surprise. Best horses won. Uh, Bashra Cove will be better up in trip. But just, it's the it's a gift of a race. They've absolutely gifted our group, too. Yeah, that, that, that was the feeling. Uh, pity I'm not reading it so well in running. I, I should be backing half of these because I didn't back State to Rest. Uh, didn't back uh, Saffron Beach in running when it probably was a, a more straightforward play. And we move on to the Royal Hunt Cup. Thoughts, chaps? Absolutely never. Awful. I mean, I mean, it's like yeah, I backed it. Fantastic Fox. Uh, just absolutely never got going. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know. That's it's too bad to be true. Uh, we've got a, a, a listener's question. 
bless him. Uh, uh, absolute moaning galore from Carl Swanson. Jamie Spencer in the play, and they got Spence-cocked. Um, <laughs> no. No. I mean, anyone should watch that back. Now, I know, we all know that Ascot's really good, held up, dropped out, coming through fast and late. But early stages in that race, I couldn't believe the amount of ground that Spencer gave up for free, really. It's like free ground. Here we have some more free ground. Um, and there's no wonder this horse, I, I, I just, I don't know, I feel whoever runs horses with, with the greatest trainer in the UK today, 18% with held up horses, um, continues to suffer more pain when, when they don't come through and uh, do the business. Did, did, did any, any of you two see the ride? Yeah. And, as, as you said, cheap lamps, ladies. No, oh, I was saying, as you said, cheap lengths given up. Ugh, nothing really got into it, Stan, so I did it. The pace kind of was more centre to centre to far side. You had Sinjari finishing fast and then bless him. But even even if the pace didn't take you into it, don't put yourself in a an even worse position by just giving away cheap, cheap lengths at the start. I ended up, I think I'd said, the Epsom podcast, Dark Shift was my idea of the winner of the Royal Hunt Cup. And... Uh, the centre draw put me off, so uh, the, the winner that hopefully someone backed out there, but I certainly wasn't on. I was on Fantastic Fox and uh, symbolised, so yeah, dumped dummy brains there. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is about the Hunt Cup, it's, it's a tremendously difficult race to win, and I, I looked at the stats for the draw over the years, and it said stalls 1 to 10 pretty much underperformed, but did didn't we get a feeling today that the stand side was a little bit slower? Or, or for some reason, didn't see a place to be today, the stand side. Do we, do we, do we think that? Concur. Like, mm. apart from dramatised. Yeah. It just, 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 seemed, just seems it's, it's, it's like right, right under that rail or whatever. Nothing was, was coming through and, um, and, and doing the base, but... It is what it is. Um, okay, we'll move on to 5.35 race. I think one that got your goat here, Quentin, and like everybody else at the price, it was backed as if defeat was was out of the question. Um, little Big Bear winning the Windsor Castle. Oh, it was... Like, before, if, you, I said, if, you're not, if you're not betting it at 5-2, to two, then you're laying it at 11-8. So I ended up stepped in and laid it at 11-8. Then Gleason popped up on ITV. All the professionals want to be on there. All the professionals charged up after three tickets and six races in. I think the worst thing was I back, ended up back in the second as well at 20s win only. Um, uh. That hung its chance. Of, that, that was a sucker punch. But yeah, brutal race for me. Um, yeah, my mood was not, uh, wasn't pleasant to say the least, but I don't think it's a great Windsor car. So it never really, it's never really a race that works out. Second looks smaller type that's very much all, all now yeah, winner's got a bit of scope to keep on right yeah the winner has at least got physical scope to keep 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 doing the biz um but like you say um it, it was it, it's another soul destroying race um for the people really that look at prices and, and, and think well this this can't be that and then everyone gets paid barring the idiots that lay it um <laughs> Uh, the, the 610 
finished with it with it with the ultimate kick in the nuts. Um, you know, this is probably one of the best ones for me all day. Uh, I've, I've discounted it after Beverly. I didn't think it was that off at Beverly Rising Star that winner. I put it out on the Bar Stewards Pod um, as, a, as, a, as a as a as a as a max bet. To much ridicule from other Bar Stewards guests that evening, and then it's popped up today at forties. I haven't had a shilling on. Um, feel an idiot because I, I I went for the Godolphin juice in the race, thinking that that Bin Saro had uh, had got the old Zaruni tackle um, ready for his two. Um, so more depression in the last. Quentin, any joy in the last? I didn't have a bet, so yes, lots of fucking joy. But I, if I was you, I'd be sick as a dog. That's yeah. I remember you putting it up. I'd be when you started saying it. I was like, oh, that's that's got to hurt. Um, yeah, no, no bet in the last. So, so lots of joy. Um, a, a bad day this end. Bad day at Chateau France. Bad, bad day at the office. Brains, brains in time. John, like you in the last, uh, I think you were similar to me. You like the Godolphin Jews. You thought Dubai Love was giving a shit ride. Well, I did. Because um, he, he took his turn getting in. And then they said it make his round up on the apex of the bend. Why? And I mean, even though I, I think he briefly showed maybe close to the front about two hours, he, he was never going to have enough left for the finish. Um, probably another one for the notebook. I mean, the, the notebooks is thick as a telephone book, and the one that looks like an Ethiopian at the minute. <laughs> Yes, it is. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, literally, is it's been a terrible start. I've not worked harder on an Ascot meeting than than this. I can't remember anyway. Like putting this much work into it, and and uh, I'm afraid I'm I'm coming across that. And, and you have to fall on your sword at times. It's the way it is. So listeners have been on um, a few things. Uh, Richard Corbett's been on um, uh, the Valuator on Twitter. Uh, he's a he's a national hunt and point to point fan. So, but he likes the flat. Also, kudos to Jeff Banks, he says, who was laying above the machine on Little Big Bear in the Windsor Castle on course. I think if me and Quentin and John would have had Quentin Keys Frank's racing, uh, I think we'd have been doing the same. I, I think, I think to be going off that sort of price, I, I think, I think you, you, it's like the old uh, Gary Wiltshire scenario, isn't it, with the, with the yeah, the Charlie Six one. Yeah, the the, the the old the old seven, yeah the, the the notorious seven where simply it was it was it was just the wrong price and I know little big bears won but it doesn't mean to say it was the right price um it's it, it's that's it. it it is what it is um, bias isn't it people will go well you you got it wrong but at the end of the day it's, it's a sample size of one race like it. Is nothing in the grand scheme of things. A fair, fair play to Jeff, to be honest. Um, had an opinion, he was wrong. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Like more, more bookies should do it. Like, good on him. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's what we like to see. Like, but bookies having an opinion, taking the game on, and uh, bringing it to to get people back into the betting ring. Um, another another, <laughs> another statement here. Um, Stan, Stan's been on. Um, he said, switch to ATR from ITV Lovey Fest. Uh, it's becoming home. It's, it's like coming home to a kebab after a night out in a pretentious restaurant with a bum, bunch of people full of their own importance. I'll tell you what, today, 
I honestly, it's the second day John's put me through it. And it's, <laughs> yes, it's terrible. Um, and it's absolutely dreadful. It's, it's not designed. The format itself, if you watch it, it's not designed for any clued up punters. They don't show the pre-parade. They don't show the horses like walking around beforehand. In fact, one of the paddock, I don't even know if she is, Sally Ann or somebody other, you know, Aunt Sally. Um, <laughs> they may as well have had Wurzel coverage as well. Uh, Luke Carver. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the pre-parade, right, she actually said, um, for the first, the Queen Mary, two-year-old fillies. So, you know, big occasion. Uh, they were too busy showing the Queen, telling everybody, you know, what gin they should have and how everyone's having a fantastic time at the four furlong pole in the picnic area. But when it came to showing the horses, we got nothing of the pre-parade. Um, and we had Aunt Sally coming on saying um, that, that two or three had, had, had sort of gone berserk at this helicopter flying <laughs> over. Well, we've not seen it. You know, I mean, this this is it's a sport. I mean, they want to see the horses. We don't want to see people in top hats getting pissed at oh, what are you drinking? Elderflower gin. You know, fantastic. <laughs> you know, thanks for that. Um, it, it's absolutely pathetic. The co- the coverage is awful. I have never watched so much drivel in my life. And anyone that supports the sport and loves horse racing, whoever's directing this coverage is steering it well away from betting. And and watching the horses. That's what counts, nothing else. We don't want to see Betty in a dress and a hat and, and, and say, no, that's a massive hat. Um. <laughs> you see, you're, you're actually missing a check here, Lee, because we were witness today to one of the most significant statements on racing that has ever been made by a participant in the sport. Yes. Group one, Johnny. When asked how he'd get on if he was riding today, with all the extra knowledge accumulated since he retired, told us he would be 10 lengths better. So, all his place rides in classics would have won. His winners, uh. would have won the Breeders' Cup by 11 lengths. Yeah. Eleven lengths. Yeah, these these are these are Grade One jockey stats. You know, like when you play a Grade One jockey on PlayStation, and like, and, and, and this is this is this is Group One Johnny that says he'd be ten lengths better if he knew what he knew now, after riding back then. If he knew, if he came back now, John, John says he say, he said to Ruby Walsh, I'd be ten lengths better. Ten lengths. Better. <laughs> and really, if that's the standard of punditry, this is probably better. Group one, Johnny, Johnny, out into the car park and put the dogs on. Feed <laughs> <laughs> into the house. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Okay, I tell you what, we've we've, we've done today is pretty well. It's been a, it's been a fuck fest for us, um, but that's the beauty. We we don't hide behind uh, false results and false modesty. It's all about telling it how it is. If you're doing your bollocks, we'll say it. Um, it's having a beer with myself for years. I've been selling a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we'll look at. So just, just any anything tomorrow for punters, chaps. Quentin, I'm going to come to you first. Anything that sort of stands out for punters tomorrow, if they've had a bad day today, you think this is the one? 
Yeah, if they've had a bad day today. Um, but I've got Hubert 15U. I put that up, I think, yesterday. Still sweet on that, despite the high draw. That's where the right horses are. Uh, I still think my three-point is overpriced in the Ribbersdale, about 7-1. Hopefully, the knackered fridges is happy after that race. Um <laughs> Brilliant. And if, if I had the Bismarck horse tomorrow, it would be Claymore two places. I don't think it wants really fast ground at all. Doesn't move like a fast ground horse. Um, haven't worked out what's going to come second to to the Queen. Uh, if you had to price up the Queen going tomorrow, how would you price it? Going as in going racing, going. Go, go, go. What one's in money, the other's probably farting one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I mean I mean everyone said haven't they tomorrow about the disgrace that is the Hampton Court. And they've all you know, as if they've all like like you say, claim or Quentin, that doesn't want the ground as it is. It's a good point, really. It doesn't it definitely doesn't want it this quick. And it looks like an absolute red carpet roll for Reach to the Moon and the Queen to have at least one winner. Um, I think the Queen's got, you know, got some chances, other chances as well tomorrow that, you know, outside chances anyway. Um, I would say my best bets, and and Quentin might disagree here because I'm, Quentin, you like who put 50 in you, don't you, in the uh, Britannia? Yes, you like Saga. Yeah, I, I, to, to be fair, do you agree though? It's like similar reasons in that who put 50 in you, like looked. Looked well ahead of its mark when it uh, managed to make up stupid amounts of ground on mild Ulysses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I agree. I, I, probably £10 isn't enough for that. Um, but it's a similar sort of reason, I suppose, when you look at, at Saga um, in terms of, you know, he he was second to the, well, to, to Mount to, to, yeah, which, which yeah, he's beat Coin Coy, like I pointed out on the show, second to Caribus. Um, it's 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 similar sort. Of, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from because obviously the the Gosdenos, they might think it's turned into a bit of a bit of a cunt because uh, you know they they put the blinkers on first time, and it's obviously the Queen's family, you know, that <laughs> usually end up that way. Yeah, so so your yours is probably more reliable, so but but yeah, I, I'd probably go with I, I'm happy with Saga still. Um, you know, at the prices. Uh, definitely definitely think that's the one to one to be on. Um John, your your what uh, what would what's your highlight tomorrow for punters? Um I highlight tomorrow I think I need to regroup. I'll probably put fifty in the slots and have a ham shank over lunch women. <laughs> <laughs> And this comes, of course, after one of our splendid listeners said to John, said, said they worried about John because he, he, he's, you know, he's, he's going from from liking different people, and, and he's ended up he's ended up going to a sixty-year-old and an eighty-two-year-old. We've had plenty of comments on that. Yeah, yes, you know, John said he'd do the double. <laughs> so there we go. So we're in action tomorrow. Um, Hopefully we'll have uh, some better news that we've uh, we've got some got some better stuff. Best, well, yeah, we're, we all want to be happy. We want to be back in winners. If you've backed some winners today, very well done. Enjoy it. And if you haven't, get in the bin with us. That's all from us. Bye for now. <laughs>